0: One of my earliest memories was age of around three or four, was of my mum catching and trying on a pair of my sister's nipples. And I remember when I did it, it felt so right. You know, I felt right.
1: I'm Sonia Morton-Firth and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton-Firth Show. Today, my guest is Katie Neves. Katie is a trans ambassador, speaker, professional photographer, and filmmaker. Watch this interview as we discuss all things sex and gender, and what it's like to be a woman in a man's body. I believe health is the greatest form of wealth we have, which is why I'm so excited to be partnered with Brother in Arms. Brother in Arms is a wellness brand dedicated to working with veterans, first responders, and anyone on the front line. Through their education, support, and premium CBD products, They help alleviate and restore the lives of those that have been affected by physical and mental trauma. Learn about the life-changing benefits and power of CBD. Join their community today. Hit the link below. Katie, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It's lovely having you here in my home.
0: Oh, well, thanks for inviting me, Sonia. I don't get out much.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, I've got i mean a multitude of questions to ask you today. Okay. But before we start, could you tell my audience who you are and what you do.
0: Yeah, so well, my name is Katie Neves. Um, I'm a, I've been a professional photographer and filmmaker for the last 35 years, but three and a half years ago I came out very publicly, very openly, very honestly, as being transgender after living for 48 years as a man. So I now have a new business called Calls to be Trans where I do trans awareness training and inspirational speaking. So I'm on a mission to do two things. One is to reach out to other trans people just to let them know that it's okay to be trans, because it really is okay to be trans, and so many trans people don't know that, and they put so much pressure on themselves, and they think the world's going to implode on them if they admit it to themselves. Because nobody wants to admit it to themselves. Um, and then the other thing is to um, is to to reach out to everybody else and just show them that trans people are just ordinary people who want to be happy, and that's it, and that, that's the entire message, really. Well,
1: yeah. I, I know I've got, I've got so many so many questions to ask, but I think. Before we get into that, um, it would be lovely to hear about your story um, and that sort of moment that you decided, well not decided, that's the, probably the wrong word. Admitted it to myself. Admitted yeah. it to yourself. Yeah. Um, can you take us back and take yeah. us through that story, that would I journey? think it's
0: probably better to take you right back to the beginning. <laughs> so I was born 52 years ago and as is still the established custom, I was assigned as sex based purely on my primary sex characteristics. I, what, your genitals what, yeah exactly yeah. What, between my legs yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing and so yeah the doctor or midwife yeah, you know, looks between the legs and they, they decide depending on what they see as is, is to what, how they uh, assign me I was assigned male at birth and I was given the name Martin Albert Neves don't look like an Albert do I no <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know you don't look like Martin actually <laughs> correct answer thank you Sonia glad you said that <laughs>
0: um, So so yeah so it's but, but the thing is, at the age of around, by the age of around three or four, my head and my heart were telling me something very different to the label that I'd been given at birth.
1: Can I just—that's such an interesting statement. I love it. Mm. What do you mean that, that your head and your heart? Tell me about that feeling. About that's so. In-
0: it's just how I felt in myself. It's just, you know, I, it's a job to describe. I think um, the best way I can describe it, and now I'll go more into. In, into it as we go on but um are you left or right-handed
1: i'm right-handed
0: can you can you write... <laughs> that.
1: I'm right-handed. you held right-handed. up your left hand then Sonia. Yes.
0: It's, it's, it's the other right hand can you write with your left hand no badly yeah. but things that you, you could learn to write with it but it wouldn't feel right would it i mean mm. i'm right-handed but i could learn to write with my left hand but it just wouldn't feel right but you just know it's just something that you just know, and that's how it is with your gender and how in you, your gender identity you just know. And so it's just the same you know, with, your, with with your, with writing. And so so for for, for me, it was as if I'd been writing with my left hand for forty eight years, but now I can write with my right hand. It's, mm-hmm. it's like that really. Um, but anyway, so so one of my earliest memories was age of around three or four was of my mum catching me trying on a pair of my sister's knickers, and I remember when I did it it felt so right, you know, I felt right. But then my mum caught me and she told me off and she told me to take them off and for every day of the following week she would pull my shorts down to check to make sure I was wearing my own pants. And it was humiliating, but it sowed the seeds for a very long time, that what I was doing was wrong, it was dirty, it was naughty, and, you know, it was not mm. what respectable people did. But the thing is, however much my mum told me off or humiliated me about it, the the, the urge and the need to cross-dress as it was then, would always be with me. You know, it was always there. And I don't blame her, Mum. It was the early 70s. It's just how things were.
1: Absolutely. how things were
0: then. So I don't blame her for that mm-hmm. at all. It's just how things were.
1: And d- did you did you understand at that early age, did you think you were doing something wrong because your mum was basically oh, saying you were doing something yeah, wrong?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was many years before I'd even admit to myself that what I was doing was cross-dressing. You know, I, I, it's not what I did. It was just... but it, So I just, I wouldn't admit it. I was in self, complete self-denial right up until... My early 20s, in the mid-20s. So
1: you were cross-dressing all through your teenage years? Oh, yeah, ages. absolutely, yeah.
0: I used to, as, I, every opportunity I had, you know, I used to secretly dress in my sister's clothes whenever I had the opportunity. And whenever I did it, it felt so right. But then those feelings of feeling right were very quickly um, replaced by feelings of guilt and shame and self-loathing because, because, you know, what I was doing was wrong. It was dirty, it was naughty, you know. It was against society, yeah. You've heard all the jokes, the jokes are still there about... Dresses now there's you know they're, they're all out there still but it was worse back in the 70s but it's still bad now so um so the, you know so carried on doing that um and then by my mid-20s I um, trained to become a well I tra- trained to become a press photographer and I was working on newspapers in Kent um I, I got married for the first time
1: ah so you were married as well
0: yeah yeah
1: so was it Was it just the cross dressing that was the the manifestation, or 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 was there other feelings of of being a woman that that Um,
0: you had at that point? It it was just that 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 was really all I knew. It was just really that felt right cross dressing. Mm. That's as it was then, but it was in my mid twenties that so by the time. You know, after, you know, you know I got married and, and, and got a successful business and everything, so mid-twenties, that's when I finally admitted to myself that I was then a cross-dresser. And as soon as I admitted it to myself, it was like a whole weight lifting off my shoulders and, it, and, it, and I no longer felt guilty about it. And that felt amazing. And I realised I had a condition called gender dysphoria. Um,
1: dysphoria, yeah. not dysmorphia. No, because no, I've, I've heard of body dysmorphia. A no, completely
0: different thing. Yeah, gender, gender dysphoria. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a recognised medical term. And what that is, is a great feeling of unease and distress caused by a mismatch between how I felt in my head and my heart as opposed to my primary sex characteristics and the label that I'd be given at birth. And the thing about gender dysphoria is that it can vary in intensity and it very often increases over time. And that's exactly what happened with me. But at the time... The level of gender dysphoria I had was low enough that it was satisfied by m- my occasional cross dressing. So at the time, I was happy as a man who needed to cross dress.
1: Did you tell your wife?
0: Um, not to begin with, I didn't. know because at, at that point, when we, you know, at that point, um, I hadn't admitted it to myself. As soon as I admitted it to myself, then I did. Yeah, and she, she never accepted it. Unfortunately, um, although we stayed married for thirteen years, amazingly. Um, yeah um, we should have split sooner because we, we you know because she never copes with it, and um, we tried we tried counseling many times, but unfortunately that didn 't work um, but during that th- thirteen years my my f- photography business flourished, and I was um, working for many um, national newspapers and magazines, and so photos were regularly published in those and photographed all sorts of notable people and events, so things like the one thousand nine hundred and ninety poll tax riots in trafalgar square. Um, Princess Diana's funeral, the Yugoslav yeah. Civil War, and also twice commissioned to photograph the Queen inside Buckingham Palace. So, you know, I built up a, a lot of experience and, and a great reputation for myself over that time. But I say we should have split earlier than 13 years. But there was, there was another thing, as well as the fact that my wife never accepted my cross-dressing, was that um, I wanted kids and she didn't. And I always thought that she would change her mind as she got older, as some mm. women do. Mm but unfortunately she didn't and so um as i was approaching and, and earlier in in our relationship and in our marriage that wasn't so much of a problem because i was younger and it wasn't such a big deal for me but as i was approaching 40 it was becoming a much m- much bigger much more pressing issue for me so there were two big things against this. And It it's a shame because we we loved each other and we were a great team together but there's two things that we just couldn't get around because If we both wanted kids but couldn't have them, then there would be other options. There would be adoption and all sorts of different things. But if one doesn't want them. But if one doesn't doesn't want there's 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 nothing you can do. And so I decided to um, instigate my first divorce. And then while I was going through my first divorce, I then went on to meet a woman who would eventually become my second wife. I I didn't want to get emotionally involved with anybody who couldn't accept that side of me. So um, I decided to tell her on the second date. I thought the first date was probably pushing it. (laughs) So so I told her on the second date. um, And um, to my surprise and to my delight, she was okay with it, but there were conditions attached. So she said, um, as long as I didn't do it more than once a week. But in those days I didn't because the level of gender dysphoria that I had was low enough that cross-dressing once a week or or, um, longer than that, was enough to satisfy it so that was okay that was a tick in the box and then she said as long as you never want to transition well I absolutely didn't at the time because the level of gender dysphoria was low enough I was happy as a man who needed so, to cross dress so, so there
1: was no point because it's fascinating that you felt well okay I love women's clothes I love dressing up mm. in, in women's clothes but um I mean did you feel comfortable around men
0: I never felt I was one of the lads Never, yes, that's never. that's I, I guess, mean, guess what I'm I trying
1: mean, to so, get so, so at. Did you like football? But no, that, no
0: that's I didn't, didn't. No, I never liked football. I never liked any sport. Uh, I preferred to have music and photography as my main hobbies. And, and I had more friends who were girls than were boys. And you know, um, but yeah, it was, it was just just one of the things. I it's funny that like whenever I met other other men, you know, they invariably start talking about football. And who and do you support them. No one. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, I, I've never been into it at all. And of
1: course, there are men out there that just don't like sports. It's so you it, can't generalize. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But so I never okay. felt one of the lads. Okay. Never, okay. never did. And and I always preferred to have girly chats with with my my, my female friends. Always. And it's funny. Yeah. Several friends since now have said, "Oh, we always enjoyed having girly chats with you. We always felt you were more more of one of the girls than uh, than a man." So it's really interesting that people have told me that since, but. Yeah. So um, so anyway, so, so these, these these conditions that, that we had, So, but then there was another condition which she said, if ever, um, if ever we were to have children, she didn't want them seeing it. And at the time I thought, well, I didn't really agree to that because I thought, well, I'd already lived a double life within my first marriage mm. and I didn't really want that with any, with any children. I'd want them to know the real me. But then at the same time, I thought, well let's face it, I'm fishing from a smaller pond here. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, well, two out of three isn't bad. You know, we might not even be able to have kids. So yeah, let's face the third one if, if and if when it happens, you see. So our relationship blossomed and 10 years ago, we had a beautiful baby daughter who was the centre of my universe. Um, and uh, But it was many years before we got around to getting married because after the pain and the cost of, of my first divorce, I always said I'd never get married again. But eventually I you know, weakened and, and I proposed and uh, and we got married in august two uh, two thousand and
1: seventeen and had your cross dressing at this point escalated to more than once a week
0: uh, no it was probably um it was probably still about that um it, sometimes I might have done it more but um and I did actually put and I did push the brown boundaries and go against m- um my then girlfriend's um wishes and that i did show my daughter my cross-dressing and i'm so glad i did now because it made it you so mind
1: us ask, me asking what are your daughters what was her reaction Well,
0: oh, she was fine because she's grown up with it you see so so yes. so when it, you first showed her what yeah she yeah, did yeah, it yeah. Girl? yeah yeah oh yeah it's right from right from birth really so so i i just, I just did it i mean my then girlfriend now ex-wife but um was furious at the time but I'm so glad that I did it now Mm. because it's made it so much easier because she's always seen that part. She's always known that part of me. Obviously, there's a difference between me being Katie once a week to being Katie all the time. That's the difference. Mm. And so that took a period of adjustment. But she always knew that side Mm. of me, and I'm so glad that I did that. Um, But anyway, so we we got married in August 2017. However, (laughs) a few months before we got married, I just happened to meet clairvoyant and at, a, at a, and a and a psychic psychic healer a spiritual healer at, at a business networking meeting
1: now, What business meetings now, do you go to well, i've never
0: met what, a well, exactly you well, that's the that is just the point you don't do you? you meet people like accountants and financial advisors and utility warehouse discount club <laughs> so and, and you're and, looking at your watch thinking and, this is really boring you know, no, nothing <laughs> wrong with those people so lots of my friends are in those professions mm. but but clever are so fascinating aren't they mm. and so i was just intrigued by her and i was talking to her for most of the evening i didn't bother talking to anybody <laughs> but i can talk to accountants another any time yeah. <laughs> so i was fascinated by her and then by the end of the evening i thought "Oh, i'm going to book up for reading i didn't feel the need for a reading or anything but i was just intrigued mm. yeah um so i went along i'll tell you what's on it she blew me away she was incredible she said so many things that were so true so pinpoint accurate things that she couldn't have guessed or she couldn't have found out from my website or my social media or anything. But then she said lots of other things which at the time didn't make any sense what at all. What did she
1: say? I'm dying to know.
0: Well, she said things like, there's a new way of being and there's an issue that you've always known about but that you're not fully in integrity with. Instead of so spirit, want you to take yourself off for a long walk in the countryside, talk to yourself, talk to spirit and talk to nature and they will show you what you need to see. But strangely, whether it's a coincidence or not, I really don't know. But it was around about the same sort of time, my gender dysphoria increased dramatically. It went through the roof. So much so that I didn't know what gender I was at all. I hadn't got a clue.
1: When you, when you say you didn't know what gender mm. you were, was that when you looked in the mirror? Did you see...? Uh,
0: no, no, nothing to do with looking in the mirror. Just, I just didn't know what gender I was. It's just how I felt. I, I just didn't know... You know, I didn't know whether it was male, female, whether you know, whether I was somewhere in between. I didn't know. And, and so I was so troubled by it that I was even typing into Google what gender is Martin Neves. Now that's crazy because the answer could only come from me. It couldn't come from anywhere else, mm. particularly Google. But I was desperate. And it's what desperate people do. And the thing is, I couldn't tell my wife about my inner turmoil because I didn't want to stir up a hornet's nest unnecessarily if it turned out to be something or nothing. But also if I did tell her, it would lead to her to asked to ask me questions, which at the time I just didn't have the answers to. I just didn't know what gender I was. How
1: did it feel, just for other people that may be feeling a similar sort of thing? Can you describe the uh, feelings?
0: Of... Was, oh, it was awful. I just couldn't think of anything else. It took over my whole life. I, I mean, my work suffered for it. You know, I couldn't. I just couldn't do anything. Yeah, you know, it was. Yeah, I, I, it's job to describe. I, you just it just takes over every waking hour. <laughs> it really does. It, it's awful. Uh, what I decided to do was to get some counselling so I found a counsellor who had experience dealing with people with gender issues and I had four sessions with her and in hindsight I think I should have had more sessions because at the end of those sessions I wrongly came to the conclusion that I was gender fluid. Now would you like me to explain that? Absolutely
1: because we've had a few there. I've got the gender dysmorphia now. Dysphoria. Dysphoria even. even. But gender fluid, please. Yeah. And, so, and there are so many words going about at the, the moment, it's are, confusing, there are. I think.
0: Okay, so let's go back to basics. So let's talk about sex to be. There's a song about that. I
1: love it. <laughs>
0: so we'll talk about sex to be. So when we're born, we're all born just as babies. No surprise there. But we're born as babies with various bits. We have bits between our legs, bits between our ears, bits inside our bodies, bits on the ends of our arms and legs, bits everywhere. Yes. But the only bits that count in terms of your birth certificate are the bits between your legs or the yeah. appearance of them. And yeah. so the doctor or midwife looks between the legs, depending on what they see. In this country, they have a binary choice, boy or girl. Mm. That's all they can put down. Mm. In other countries, that's changing. And um, there's um, some countries, there's not a requirement to actually put a, a sex of the baby now, which is great. But, but at the moment, in this country, it's still just this binary choice, boy or girl. That's all they can yeah. put down. But the thing blue about, or pink. <laughs> exactly. That's, what it is. that's exactly yeah. what it is. Exactly. But the thing about, um, about nature is it's very messy. It doesn't do binary things. It doesn't do black and white, boy, girl, you know, pink, blue. You know, it, it, it does a whole spectrum of things. And so, um, so many people are what's called intersex. And so they can have a, a third chromosome. So it's not as straightforward as XX and XY chromosomes. Mm. You can actually have up to five chromosomes, and so um, so a, a typical example of being intersex would be um, you know they could have they could have a vagina, but then they could have internal testes, but often those internal testes aren't found until much later in life when there's medical examinations done so at the time, the doctor or midwife looks between the legs and they see a vagina, so the, the child gets put down as a girl mm. um, and this, this actually affects it's just under 2% of the population, which is just about, it's about the same number of people in this country who's got ginger hair. Not not, not, not necessarily the same people, so don't go jumping co- to any conclusions.
1: interesting to nearly in. 2%, because I was going to low. ask you, um, you know, when I say nowadays, I'd yeah. say over the past, and please correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. over the past sort of five years, it's become very topical. Maybe not topical, maybe yeah. the, awareness the, awareness.
0: the awareness is growing. The awareness
1: has grown. And there are all these different, Words like you say, um, yeah. and, and we've talked about a few, but then there's binary, non binary. I'll come on
0: to that. I'll come on to that. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way up. This uh, yeah. <laughs> so brace yourself. <laughs> so, so, you know, so, so but and the thing is that we're, you know, this, we're talking just about um, the, the um, primary sex characteristics, but we're, we're used to seeing a whole range of secondary sex characteristics. So, for instance, you think of a typical alpha male that over six foot, they're you know, tall, they're broad, they're, they've got big hands, big feet. You know what they say about men with big feet? Mm, mm, big shoes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, they've got a square jaw, protruding forehead, yeah. typical alpha male. Yeah. But then not all men look like that. Some men are much shorter, they're more petite, they've got small hands, small mm. feet. And then look at women. Not all, same, wi- same not all, women. Not all women look like Barbie dolls. No. Many women look much more masculine. Yeah. So there's a whole range. And we're used to seeing that. And mm. But that's just normal. We're okay with that. But it's the same, same with the primary sex characteristics. But then that's just talking about sex. Gender is the sex of your brain. And it manifests itself in how you feel in your head and your heart. And you just know. <laughs> you just and that's know the bit that hasn't been talked about, yeah, I guess, exactly. for the centuries. Because we, we,
1: we, we obviously see yeah, our sexual organs. Yeah, exactly. But what, what's up here, I guess, yeah. unless you have... I mean, I've never felt anything other than a woman. Mm. I, sometimes I want to be a man and <laughs> go punch so many, but I've, I've never had that feeling other than being a woman. So yeah. I think it, it c- could be quite difficult to understand what that means yeah, if you haven't had have those feelings uh, before.
0: Uh, oh, absolutely. And for, for people that, um, people who are not trans, they're called cisgender. So people who are not trans, the vast majority of people are lucky There, I might say. <laughs> um, yeah. But... But, but yeah, so, so they, they just assume that they're 100% male or 100% female. But let's look at gender now. So the gender is the sex of your brain. So just as sex isn't binary, gender isn't binary either. There's a whole spectrum. Um, and it's not linear either. So many people are what's called agender. So they don't have a gender at all that's gonna blow your mind, isn't it? Gosh, no. <laughs> but just for simplicity purposes, for the time being, think of it as, as, being, as being linear, with 100% male at one end, 100% female at the other end. Nobody's 100% either, we're all somewhere on the spectrum, mm-hmm. but say for most people um, who are cisgender, they, they had no reason to look at where they are on the spectrum. But for, I reckon it's about 1% of the population are trans, and I think up to about 4% could be non-binary. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll explain all that. So the people that are roughly in the middle, Of this spectrum they're non-binary and they don't feel either male or female they don't feel either okay for gender fluid people they're roughly in the middle but sometimes they feel male and sometimes they feel female and that can vary by the day by the week whatever and all these things are perfectly normal perfectly natural ways of being Mm. a human being Mm. there's nothing wrong with human beings but there's an awful lot wrong to do with this very restrictive binary Uh, labeling system that we're all forced to adopt that it just gives too much um too too much sort of emphasis emphasis on the sex and not ignoring gender completely many trans people decide not to transition because they've got so much to lose and that they're frightened of losing and i totally respect them for that and i totally get it i really do and uh, i could have easily done that i really could have done and it would have been it would have been an easier option um Certainly in the short term, I think in the long term, it, it would have caused some big problems to me. I think mentally, I think it would have done. And the research that I did showed that most trans people who decide to transition, because that's the only choice you have, is whether you decide to do anything about it or not. You don't have any choice whether you are trans. You either, you either are trans or you're not. But say so not all trans people transition. But the, the most people who decide to transition after the initial loss, pain and heartache and bumpy journey along the way, you usually go on to lead happy and contented lives. Whereas a lot of trans people who decide not to transition and to live their lives for other people, sadly they often end up in a spiral of depression or often worse. And so the urge to live my truth was just so overwhelmingly strong because I was finally at peace with myself. I knew who I was. You know, I just had to do this thing. Yeah, so.
1: so what was the biggest fear for you in all of this?
0: Well, wow. my two biggest fears, one, losing my wife and, you know, my family um, and, and my friends as well. And so was losing all my loved ones and also losing my business as well because, you know, I was a freelance, a freelance photographer. I didn't know how my clients were going to react to that. I, I, I just didn't know. I, I, was, I was absolutely petrified, but I knew that it's something I had to do for me.
1: <laughs> were, you, were you ever fearful about society, how society would take you? Or? Yeah.
0: Or, oh, absolutely.
1: Know, or, or... Absolutely
0: petrified, absolutely petrified. Nobody chooses to go down this route. It's such a hard journey. But it's something I had to do because I was finally at peace with myself and admitting it to myself, that was such a relief. It really was.
1: So, so sit- sitting here now, I mean, I, I see Katie here. Um, do you mind telling me where you are in that trans- transition process?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what I... What I um, what, what I decided to do, what I had to do, so the first thing I had to do was then to tell my wife uh, about this. Um, and that was the hardest thing I've ever, ever had to do. And um, well, no, actually, the hardest thing was actually admitting it to myself because I was trans. The next hardest thing was to tell my wife. And it, I was so frightened of doing it, it took me a whole month to block up courage to tell her. And I was so frightened that um, I actually wrote a letter to her just in case my words didn't come out right. And in the event my words did come out right, but I gave her the letter at the end so she had something to refer to because it was such a bombshell that I dropped on her. And so, um, and I felt terrible for doing it. I really did. I hated myself for, for doing it. But I had to tell her. And I couldn't have told her sooner because I didn't know sooner. I, I didn't know. Um, and I should point out that gender and sexuality are completely seven entities, and they're not linked. So in my case, I've always been attracted to women and I still am. So it's been one of the constants in my life.
1: And I think that's, um, you know, one of these myths or myths or not a myth, um, because people would, your instant reaction would be, does that mean you're gay? Mm.
0: Well, I am because I'm attracted to women. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I'm a lesbian, yeah. yeah. So
1: so you're a lesbian,
0: basically, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So what's happened is the label has changed for me. So previously I was labelled as a heterosexual man, Mm. now I'm labelled as a lesbian. It feels no different to me, it feels as it always has done. But obviously for my wife then, you know, that, that her label hadn't changed. She was still attracted to men. So there was a problem, there was a mismatch. And we tried counselling, but very sadly, that didn't work out. So unfortunately, that meant the end of my second marriage. So although we'd been together for a long time, we don't, you know, we, we, Yeah, we, the marriage was very short.
1: And what would you say to somebody that is out there and they're, they're on this edge of what am I there? They're having the feelings that you had yeah. um, and they are contemplating ending.
0: Um, well, there's a, I get contacted by quite a lot of people in that situation um, just to let them know that they're not alone. That's the yeah. first thing. They're yes. not alone. They're not the only person that feels like that. There are thousands and thousands of people in the same position. And that those feelings will pass. And, and, and living your truth is the key to happiness. It really is. And, and, and if you try and fight against it, that's when, that's when you're, you're going to be unhappy. But the key to happiness is, is living your truth. Um, And so what I did, I I started... So I thought, I've got to do some good with this. And so I started vlogging my whole journey. I thought, I'll bring people along on the journey with me, make it accessible to people. Um, To do two things. One is to reach out to other trans people to let them know that it's okay to be trans, because it is. And then the other thing is to show other people that trans people are just ordinary people who want to be happy. I think the key to this is um, education. Um, Because I think it's a lot of... um, a, a lot of bigotry and prejudice comes from a fear of the unknown. So, if you can educate people, you can take that that fear away. So, the more education there is, the more acceptance will be. Then, the more acceptance there will be, the easier it will be for other trans people to a admit themselves they're trans because that's the hardest thing, and be actually do something about it. And again, and
1: come out to the world. Absolutely. And come out to their...
0: uh, absolutely. Um, and so um and so, so I started telling a story and I'm in vlogging the story, and then my story was picked up in the, initially by the local media, and I started doing interviews for local radio and local newspapers, and then it escalated, and I started doing national radio and television and national newspapers and magazines and so all of a sudden, i have become this trans ambassador
1: just uh, before we wrap this interview up um uh where can people find out about you or reach you, and are you open to talk to people that are having? That are going through struggles and maybe uh, yeah. need to reach out.
0: So yeah, I get contacted a lot by, by, by trans people, also parents of trans people mm. as well, because they often struggle with it as well, so yeah, they often
1: contact Well that's me. What, what I was actually mm. thinking, if you are a parent of, of a child um, who's going through this, what, what what advice would you give the parents? Actually? Okay,
0: Well for parents, then um, the best place for them to go to is um, a charity called Mermaids, um, it's a brilliant charity and they help um, parents and, and children um, so up to the I think up to the age of about I think it's 18 or might, might be 20 or 21 but um, certainly young people they, they help them and they're absolutely brilliant and a wonderful charity they really are but to contact me um, they could either do it through um, you know any of the social media I'm on the social media as Katie Needs or as cool to be trans um, so look on, look me up there or just go to my website which is called ToBeTrans.co.uk. we'll put all that on the yeah, show as well yeah exactly a lot of people yeah so remember, it's the number two and the letter B in the middle of it because a lot of people don't get <laughs> that but yeah that's probably the best way to contact me yeah. well
1: Katie look it's been such an honour having you here on my show and um, thank you for speaking your truth oh you're welcome Sonia thank you very much for having me thank you hope you enjoyed the show Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday, so hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.